Ahoy! You're listening to Diffuse Tap with Kenny Estes and Isla Cram. Today we are joined by Stevie Klein, the Managing Director at Volume One Ventures. She's going to be talking about what emerging crypto projects are poised to disrupt the market, critical factors leading to the downfall of certain other protocols, and the evolving role and performance of NFTs this year. Enjoy. Cool. Welcome back, all of y'all. Hopefully you had some good conversations. Uh, If this is your first time, and there are indeed new faces in the audience, here's what's on tap here at Diffuse Tap. This is a weekly event. We do it every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time, which is, well, now, obviously. Uh, we This is the 194th time we've been doing this. We're going to briefly talk about the Diffuse Tap event you're in right now and Diffuse Funds, the company putting it on. Then we're going to have a 15-minute fireside chat with Ms. Stevie Klein. And then we're going to do two more rounds of breakout rooms, kind of similar to what you just experienced, because this is mostly a networking event. We want you to meet lots of folks in a rapid fire format. The audience is pretty much all alternative investors of one flavor or another, pretty heavily biased towards digital assets, but that ain't it. We do want you to learn a little bit, which is why we have Ms. Klein to come in and tell you what is hot and exciting in crypto right now. If you like the in-person version of this, February 21, Delray Beach. If you're there, Mr. Culver is hosting an uh, in-person grab-a-drinks, meet-some-folks-in-3D event. Same, same, February 28th, a week later in Seattle, hosted by Mr. Jim Simmons, who's giving you a thumbs up there in the, um, the Zoom room. Diffuse Funds itself, we run, well, funds, alternative funds. We use these events as an excuse to mine your amazing brains to find interesting things we can turn into funds. One of those, and the one we're primarily focused on right now, is our Diffuse Digital 30 product, which is a market cap weighted index fund of the top 30 cryptocurrencies, publicly listed, uh, monthly rebalance, just trying to make it easy for folks to get overall crypto exposure. Enough about us, Ms. Klein. Thank you for joining us. Please unmute yourself and tell folks a bit about your background, <laughs> what you're up to, and then we'll start peppering you with questions. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know quite a bit about me, but uh, so I'm a little worried about where these questions are going to go. <laughs> let's do it. Um, yeah, so I'm Stevie Pye, and I'm the managing director of Volume One Ventures. Volume One Ventures, we are investing in regulated industries. You will probably figure out why a little bit in once I get into my bio, but <laughs> we really tend to focus on crypto, uh, biotech, finance. Um, we do some, I, I tell people why, like the bigger the challenge it is, the more likely we'll invest in it. So we do invest in things like alcohol. We do invest in things um, like porn. We do invest in things that, um, you know, are maybe cannabis or in that like general area. Um, again, I like a challenge. I just said in the breakout session, I might be a masochist. So that really truly might be true. Um, it's a 30 million fund. We do lead, we co-lead, uh, we follow, we, we tend to be pretty okay with whatever we do our own diligence. So I really don't care who a lead is. I, 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 I've been the founder where a ton of people are like, here's my lead. And that's great. I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm going to do my own diligence. <laughs> yeah, started the fund in 2022. 
Um, uh, I started the fund after I founded a biotech company. So I had a company that was working on um, biomarkers for pregnancy complications. Yeah, big, big deal. Unfortunately, it's really hard to raise money or do clinical trials or do pretty much anything in women's health. In reality, it is what it is. Um, prior to that, I was chief of staff at the medical society that governs women's health um, and got into women's health because I actually, I did tech transfer at Johns Hopkins. Um, and unfortunately, when you go to Johns Hopkins, everyone just assumes you're a doctor. So the first, you know, Christmas after I took the job at Hopkins, everyone at, you know, started showing me moles and stuff. And I was, I had no, I didn't do anything in healthcare before Hopkins. So it was <laughs> very odd to be like, um, listen, I'm not a doctor. Um, and how I started my career, I actually started my career as a lawyer at Scotton, at Scotton Arps in New York City. Um, did a lot of M&A, tax law, and also cryptocurrency. Uh, cryptocurrency litigation in 08 was pretty interesting. It was kind of like, you know, who actually owns this weird code? Is it a university? Is it um, some guy in his parents' basement in Latvia? Is it, um, is it the servers? Uh, we had a ton of weird litigation. And it, then litigation started around, is this an actual asset? Can it be used to pay for things? Um, it's was, it was a very interesting time. Uh, spent about eight years there. I loved it. But again, I might be a masochist. Um, and did a ton of regulation, like regulated work. It was pretty interesting for me. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I did work at White Castle. So as you learned in the chat, um, I'm originally from Ohio. Um, during law school, I actually worked at White Castle and it was by far my favorite job I've ever had and it was not flipping burgers. <laughs> it was not flipping burgers, but it's a it's not a lot of people know that White Castle is actually a family owned company. Um so you're working with like the you know third generation Ingrams and everyone knows everything about the business. And I took the job because they're like, oh yeah, you'll work in the legal department. It was amazing. I got to learn so much about different kinds of law. Um, I got really into actually purchasing lots. So basically, I spent a whole summer looking for corner lots that used to be gas stations. And so I know a lot about leaking underground storage tanks in case anyone uh, ever ever wants to get into that or super fun sites. Uh, so very random things. Uh, as you guys might have noticed, I do like really... I, I just kind of follow wherever... Wherever I get interested, um, I, I think oh. I got, I got really, uh, my, my mom did a good job with her. Just follow, follow your heart, baby. Just do whatever makes you happy. Uh, so it's, it's definitely, definitely been a, an interesting career, but I get to work with people like Kenny and that, that makes the world you know, a very special place. Well, speaking of masochism, cause right on brand there, <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, I gather I heard something. Someone said you'd like some angel investing before you decided to go into this this fund thing. Did you do much of that, or is it kind of just a couple I, of deals? No, I did do a ton of angel investing. So probably did about three hundred or so deals since like '08. Um, I, I basically anyone that was a startup that I I ended up working for. 
I like as a lawyer, I, I ended up getting really involved. So um, I got into some really good deals that ended up IPOing at kind of peak market. I I got I got really lucky, honestly. I got lucky because I was the youngest person I think in my firm, and I got a lot of the tech companies that came in. Um, and then at Hopkins, working in tech transfer, um, I got access to a ton of just companies that were either Hopkins alum or you know Hopkins like position related. So I lucked out a lot. Also, I was really close to the Hopkins board and endowment. So anything they were investing in, I was able to put like a really tiny check in, um, which might at the time I was like, oh, this is never going to end up with anything. But uh, one of my investments during that period was Kava, which was one of the very few IPOs in 2023. So like, people like, how'd you get into Kava? I was like, oh, I stuck $5,000 in because it's a Hopkins alum and it's Mm. the DC area and you know I was like this will never come to anything and it turns out it actually did so (laughs) all right so we could talk about um uh medical we could talk about legal stuff and we could talk about how to use a deep fryer but uh, how about we do none of those things and talk about crypto instead sound good all right all right uh first off what are your crypto bona fides and then uh pass that I think the title of this is something like, what are the hot crypto protocols out there? So what's got you jazzed at the moment? Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm super excited about a bunch of stuff on the tech side. I know when we first talked about this, I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about you know law stuff and crypto law. And it is a big part of my life. Like I'm not going to lie. I spend probably 95% of my day either lobbying for crypto or talking to someone about crypto laws or trying to tell people not to break a law in crypto, which is fine. But I think something that really gets overlooked, especially now, oh my gosh, the technology is amazing. Like I I can't really stress that enough to people when people are like, why is crypto going to be so good? And like, why is it coming up? And a lot of people do want to talk about like Bitcoin and they want to talk about you know, oh my gosh, we're we're finally getting, you know, the SEC to like approve some stuff. That's great. But what has happened in the past kind of year and a half is we've seen a lot of people who weren't really into the deep side of crypto, like technically kind of drop off. And so what that's me- meant is you have a bunch of people who are actually very technically adept, just going all in on whether it's Solana, ETH, different, I mean, all kinds of protocols, but you have people who are so deep in it, technically, they've actually had time to flourish and really kind of just build technically. And at the same time, we've got a lot of tools, whether it's AI or just, you know, looking at chips getting better, all kinds of technologies getting better. The combination of the two has just meant that there's an explosion of just exciting tech for these protocols. Um, So I work a lot with Solana. I, so I'm going to say, I'm not a Solana Maxi, but I do love Solana. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is Solana now is so fast. Um, for payments, that's amazing. And so when you think about Solana as an example, you're finally able now to make payments in a way that we just weren't even thinking about, you know, during the height of, you know, crypto frenzy, like in 2021. Um, and so that's something I think is is really exciting. I'm super excited about not just that, but like thinking about ETH and how they're building. ETH is a very powerful protocol. And so it's just all the kind of stuff. And also smart contracts are now 
so smart. They're now so able to handle just very complex transactions. And so when you're really comparing the technology and then I would say like web two technology and crypto technology, crypto technology has completely, I think it's completely eclipsed web two at this point. And so anytime you're building something, the use cases now for crypto are a myriad of things. It used to be. I'll push back on that actually, because that's a pretty common criticism. What are the actual real world uses of crypto? I think it's a really common criticism, and it's something that I think was pretty valid when a lot of the protocols were really limited. I think when you had protocols that could only do one or two things, it made sense that they were really focused on like NFTs or they were really focused on, um, you know, community type projects. I mean, I think now this technology is so good that you actually can start to think about things that were completely just, we would never think of doing them on crypto. Um, I I think that payment transfers for me, is the biggest thing. I, I really like to see payments in this. I think the other thing I'm really excited to see is, you know, how can we actually make crypto something that is used in businesses? I think the blockchain is a great place for business to be done. Um, and I think we're starting to actually see people build business, like true businesses on the blockchain. Um, I, I know a couple of years ago, we had like a spat of people who were like, I really think that crypto should be used in real estate transactions. How do you do that? Um, you know, I think a lot of that technology was just limited at the time. And I do think now we're able to do that. Um, so it's kind of thinking about what are things that need to be done securely? What are things that need to be done transparently? What are things that need to be done with just technology that is super fast, technology that doesn't necessarily, I, th- I think the biggest criticism I have now is it's still not easy to use for your everyday person. I think that'll change here in the next couple of years, just because again, I think we're getting a lot of co-pilots and things that are making it easier. But I think what are businesses or what are business transactions or what are infrastructures that need to be built with all those things in mind? And I think that's where use case gets a lot more broad versus what it was in 21. I do think use cases were very limited. Um, When I first started working with cryptocurrencies in like 2008, it was super limited. We only had like two or three, only like three to... 4,000 people knew what it was in the world. Um, You know, we've definitely seen a massive change, though. I mean, more people know what it is. The technologies behind it are different. Um, It's not just, you know, now we have hundreds of thousands of people working in this area on these technologies as developers. That is something that is really cool to see because without that, none of this would be possible. Um, so that's why I get really excited about these mm-hmm. technologies. Um, you know, I think the infrastructures just that we've now built and spent the time on building, it's phenomenal. And I, I think none of that really would have been ha- like none of that would have probably happened had there not been a little bit of a crypto winner. I think the crypto winner made people actually like dig into the tech. They had time to actually clean up some tech debt. They had the time to actually say, okay, what does this look like? And like, what are the possibilities here? And so I think it's super exciting. I so know- why now? Because actually I was reminded that the title of this webinar, I guess what we're calling it, is uh, 
why 2024 is going to be a great yeah so you mentioned just a general number of trends but like why the timely element over the next 10 months yeah oh my god i can't believe it's february i was like 12 months mm-hmm. oh, month two. um right. wow thanks thanks for really buzz killing me there <laughs> Uh, you know, I think, like I said, I think a lot of things are kind of set up for success this year. I do think, you know, seeing, seeing Bitcoin where it is has been a really kind of, um, it's been a leveling experience for crypto. It means there's a little bit of stability. I think that stableness is giving people a lot of, I think it's giving them a lot of room to build. I think at the same time, we are seeing a lot of the things that were negatives in the past few years kind of dripping away. I also, I mean, I do think I, I can't really have this conversation without mentioning a little bit about the SEC. I think the SEC is kind of starting to change. And I think that there's some gray areas that I think are becoming less gray or the gray isn't really as important as it used to be. Um, and I also think because of kind of where we're at with just the economics of 2024. I think a lot of people are seeing a lot of freedom in, you know, hey, there's there's freedom this year to actually do some crazy stuff and see if it works. I think, you know, as we all know, pretty much every major nation in the world has an election this year. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are turning over. There's a lot of change happening. There's a ton of, you know, escalation in you know foreign policy there's some de-escalation and i think some of the things that are interesting to see is what does that mean for people building in cryptocurrency and they're getting freedom because of it they're getting the freedom to kind of say okay how can we solve some of these like these issues um i think cryptocurrency is actually starting to be taken seriously because of a lot of that change as well and so it's kind of exciting to see Okay. Um, you, one thing you didn't touch on, which is a big, uh, whatever bone for me is institutional adoption or adoption. That's the word. Yeah. Um, especially after, you know, BlackRock piling into their space. What do you think about that? Yeah, I do think institutional adoption is a big thing. That's why I was saying like the commercial uses. So I think those commercial uses are getting taken seriously. Finally, I, I think it was a really big struggle for the past few years for commercial institution to take what was being built seriously. Um, a lot of that was because for every serious builder, you had four or five unserious builders. And it was hard to convince a company that, hey, I'm building this infrastructure on the blockchain. But yes, so are cartoon monkeys. But this is the real use case. This is the one that's, this is the one that's exciting. I think it's internally at institutions, it's a lot easier for them to make arguments for blockchain technologies, for Web3 technologies, and for cryptocurrency-based technologies. Because again, a lot of that weird kind of unserious stuff is kind of now no longer at the forefront of the discussion. Gotcha. Well, um, in the prep call, I did say that 15 minutes was going to go really damn fast. And uh, well, it did go really fast. Yeah, I, right. I was like, wow. I tried all to right. talk fast. There you go. <laughs> Tap room time. That's where y'all are going. Uh, some etiquette stuff. Networking, not pitching. Please be respectful of that. Be respectful of one another. One and other. 
another where uh, we don't do a full participant list for privacy reasons. So if you meet somebody you want to connect with, best bet is to just swap your contact information in the tab room or join the Telegram group, introduce yourself, tell folks what you're up to. Uh, most of you are here for networking. Some of you are here to hear from Mrs. Klein, but uh, everybody in the Telegram just likes to network. So join up. Tap rooms, generally the way they work is 30 seconds or so, just do a quick whip around introduction style, and then discuss the topic. Um, and that is Isla's domain. Oh, you're muted, Ms. Crum. Of course I am. Uh, the topic for this round is the exact opposite. What, what could happen in 2024 that could potentially derail our $52,000 Bitcoin price and other good progressions. A or in other words, now. why is Stevie wrong? Exactly. We'll see you back here on the other side in about 10 minutes or so. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, Isla needs to reshuffle breakout rooms, and we need to fill some air with intelligent things. And I'm not going to provide those. Stevie is. So, Stevie, you want to meet yourself and uh, tell us the future. What are you excited for what's coming down the pipe? What am I excited about? So for me, actually, this just came up. Uh, we were talking about stable coins and kind of their use cases. And I actually think one of the most thing, one of the biggest things I'm excited about is we're seeing more people build out utility tokens. Um, I love that. I, stable coins are great, but it's really hard to actually integrate them. If you read the terms and conditions, they're kind of limiting. I think a lot of us are actually probably breaking um, a lot of rules around USDC. <laughs> um, so lawyer Stewie doesn't really love that. Uh, but the one thing I'm really interested in and in, in looking to see, you know, how we can get things moving is, you know, what are the actual utility tokens out there? How can we build utility tokens that are moving in the right direction? Um, so I, I think that's something that I'm super excited about. Um, at our fund, we've started to incubate a couple of, uh, of foundations that are working on tokens. Um, I think that the tokens that are building utility are building more and more utility. I think they will start to lean more into what we see for stable coins. And I think that's something that I'm really excited about. Um, actually, in kind of the short to medium term, um, I think long term, what I'm really excited about for this industry is just really seeing that we've changed so much. I, I think everyone here probably remembers when everyone kind of really struggled with being in industry. I think a lot of people weren't really taken seriously in cryptocurrency. Um, I think seeing it become an actual professional, like functioning sector of technology and finance is super exciting to see. Um, I think. The other thing that I would like to see that I'm excited to see people build into is just more education. I think that especially for investors and people trying to start investing in cryptocurrency, it's really hard to learn. Um, but I think, you know, things like this, things like this series that you guys do, um, I feel like a couple of, you know, academic organizations are trying harder to really work on the education around blockchain and Web3 and cryptocurrency. Like, I think we're actually getting there. And I'm super excited about that. That's just awesome. Exciting That's great. It's to a lot see. of things. 
That's cool. And you got a little diffuse plug in there. So appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a great series. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> we're, uh, we're ready with rooms. And uh, and I'll ask the ever so dreaded, but yet super interesting question around uh, regulation. What's going to happen after the election? Kind of either way it turns out, what do you think is going to happen to crypto uh, after the middle of November? I'll pop you into rooms now and we'll see you back here. Uh, just before the hour. Right, welcome back, everybody, to the big room. Um, putting everybody on mute, uh, except for Ms. Klein, who I can't find, so she's going to have to unmute herself because she's going to plug her pluggables. How can people find you? Where do you want them to go after they have experienced your gregarious personality? My gregarious personality. And various team uh, condition, just to be clear. Uh, it's mostly I'm drinking very sugary lemonade, y'all, like, I'm a diabetic. This is like uh, crack. Where should people um, go? But you can find me on Twitter at Stevie McTweets. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Stevie Klein. Um, you can also go to our website, volume1ventures.com. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty approachable. So you can always just... Cool. All right. Efficient. Love it. A um, couple of up next housekeeping item things. This is every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central. Next, next week, we're going to talk about how AI chat boy how AI chatbots are garbage. So come learn about why you shouldn't be dealing with open AI. Diffuse Tap in person, Feb 28th, Seattle. Feb 21st, Delray Beach. And then, oh, this is a new one. March 14th in London. So lots to choose from in the not too distant future. Telegram group, join it, introduce yourself, tell people what you're up to and get notified when we got fun things coming down the pipe from Diffuse. Uh, I love uh, talking points I missed. No, we're good. Uh, if anybody wants to recommend a speaker, we have some slots in April. Uh, ping, ping us. Stevie, thank you for sharing some, a tiny fraction of your wisdom and uh, for showing up. And thank you everybody for coming and networking. Doesn't work to network without a network. So appreciate you being part of the ecosystem. And we'll see you in a little bit less than seven days. Thank you. Bye. That's all, folks. Hope you learned something new. If you join us on Zoom every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central, you can also network with other fascinating alternative investors from all over the world in small groups of four or five. Learn more on our website at www.diffusefunds.com. Until next time.